and One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, everyone. Welcome today to Luan Emotional Podcast. In this episode today, we are going to discover and talk about relationships. And it's a fascinating topic that um, I think there is perhaps no greater source of joy, happiness, and fulfillment or sorrow heartbreak and pain than the area of human relationships. After all, relationships are the area of life that brings up the most fear. Fear we aren't good enough. Fear that we're going to be rejected. A fear that we won't be loved. Fear that we feel inadequate. All of our emotions, love, passion, ecstasy, joy, frustration, and fear are intensified in an intimate relationship. This is, in fact, I think, the purpose of relationships, to magnify human emotions. And I love this quote from Rumi I'm going to open this episode with. And it says, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I'm going to read that again. Quote, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. The author is Rumi. And I really love this quote because I think it exemplifies um, how we intensify that energy around relationships and how important relationships are in our lives. So we're going to dig a little bit, you know, deeper into uh, the six positions of a relationship, just kind of like, kind of like this um, thermometer to see where we're at, no? So where are you in a relationship? So position number one is where you are in a magnificent relationship with love and passion. Position number two is where you're in a relationship with love, but little or no passion. And position number three, a relationship with not much love and not much passion. Position number four, a relationship where you're planning to escape. Position number five, a relationship where you're not in a relationship but want to be in one. And position number six, you are not in a relationship and don't want to be in one. And this is completely acceptable. I think it's very mature to be in that position Relationships are not for everybody. And we need to dig down deep in, in ourselves to see, you know, what kind of relationship we want to be in. And if we want a relationship or not, and if we do want a relationship, then one ki what kind of relationship do we, do we want, okay? And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the relationship stressors, you know, what starts to happen inside, you know, that stresses the relationship. And I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into intimacy and why intimacy is so important in relationships. I would say that it's kind of like this uh, tripod, no, or this triad, um, where intimacy is one of the uh, of its pillars, no, communication, no, and uh, 
also obviously, you know, passion and attraction and, you know, the sexual part. But the five relationship stressors are, number one, loss of attraction, okay? So the only difference between an intimate relationship and a friendship is intimacy. When that desire, that deeper connection begins to wane, then the passion in your relationship begins to fade. When two people are attracted to each other, it's very easy to cut each other slack and overlook problems. When attraction begins to diminish, partners can start to get irritated and frustrated, okay? So then why does attraction diminish? It's not a physical issue per se. Lots of attraction is often caused by depolarization. And depolarization takes place when partners no longer have the play of masculine and feminine energies between them. And we're going to dig a little bit deeper into these masculine and feminine energies. Being a woman feels too insecure to relax into her feminine, and the man is bent out of shape and loses his masculine backbone. Many couples spend years this way and get used to the loss of passion. However, attraction can shift. It's not something that stays fixed, okay? It can shift in a matter of seconds. So a woman could go from tight and controlling to free and radiant once her husband makes her feel appreciated, needed, and loved, okay? So if the lack of attraction is not dealt with, then many couples then experience number two, which number two is irritation, irritation, frustration, emotional stacking, and stonewalling, okay? So to have a good relationship, you need to have five times as many positive communications as negative ones. To have a great one, you need more. When you feel that loss of attraction that you can't successfully influence your partner, then you stop communicating and you begin to experience the four R's, which the four R's are number one, resistance. Your partner does something that bothers you, but you choose not to say anything. But if you don't speak the unspoken, then it stacks and becomes number two, which number two is resentment. Now the resistance goes deeper and you feel built up tension that you choose not to address. Then eventually you then move to number three, which number three is rejection. In this space, there's a level of toxicity or aggressiveness, we could say. And when you get tired of being harsh with each other, then you get into a level of number four, which is repression. You feel numb in a place of learned helplessness. You've lowered your expectations for your relationship and found other vehicles to meet your needs your work, your kids, your friends, whatever, anything else outside of the relationship, okay? So then how do you escape these four R's? You need to reverse the negative stacking and create mutual patterns of openness, of connection, of love, and of intimacy. Because if you don't reverse this stacking, then you risk arriving to number three, which is the loss of physical passion, okay? What happens with the loss of physical passion? Well, with the onset of frustration and irritation, then comes the loss of physical passion. And why? Why does that happen? Because in order to experience passion, you need to be open with each other. You're feeling critical of each other and feeling misunderstood or neglected by each other. You're no longer open. And thus, passion then doesn't flow. So, with loss of physical passion, your partner might withhold love or intimacy, okay? And here again, you kind of like get into this helplessness spot okay and at this stage there is a danger of destroying intimacy so if you have a lack of passion then it will lead to number four and the last one which is a loss of commitment 
Once you feel the lack of attraction and passion, you're no longer committed to understanding your partner, to meeting his or her needs. So commitment breaks down when people don't feel needed, appreciated, or understood, okay? So because you don't feel loved or needed, your energy starts to go somewhere else. You're in the in a happy state with others, out with your friends, or maybe out in the office, but not as much as home. So how do you stop this loss? You need to make sure that there's no threats, that you don't have one foot out of the door, really important, and that nothing or no one else is a higher priority than your partner. So you must make your partner feel that fulfilling. His or her needs is a must for you, or ultimately you will experience the final stress. Okay? So you need to remember constantly about if you're repeatedly training your nervous system and your partner's nervous system about how you feel about each other, if you keep looking at each other in stress situation, then you'll start to associate your partner with stress, no? For example, we've all had those family members that have, um, I don't know, the typical, the typical situation when you have your parents uh, or someone, I don't know, calling you and eventually you're triggered by that, right? We start associating that, you know, those emotions with those people. So then the only thing, the only thing they need to do is kind of like call you and then instantly you're going to react, right? Because there's blocked energy and energy that's kind of been stuck in there. Okay. And then we're going to reach to the last one, to the last um, relationship stressor, which is the story of incompatibility. Okay. So and feeling incompatible comes from not meeting each other's needs, not being put first and not making it a priority to understand each other in a heartfelt way. Some couples aren't compatible, but no couple is compatible if they are not meeting each other's needs. Okay, so I really like this idea. I don't know if you've heard about it, about the dimensions of the relationships. I love them because we have a one-dimensional relationship where everything is about uh, you, kind of like in the sense of, you know, focusing on what is important for you, not only addressing your needs. So that one is really important because it's a one-dimensional, it's all about yourself, okay? Two-dimensional, it's all about equality, kind of like being just and being equal to addressing each other's needs, okay? And that's really interesting because we could constantly be in a relationship where we're like that, kind of like, okay, let's have, you know, this priority is for you and this priority is for me. And that may work well. But I think there's a more deeper and fascinating level that we can reach, which is a three-dimensional relationship where your needs become my needs and my needs become my partner's needs. So that it becomes completely intertwined in intimacy. I love this description about these, um, mm -hmm. about these uh, kind of like, you know, ways to be able to have this three-dimensional relationship with our partner, because I think that eventually becomes more long lasting. Okay. The thing that I want to focus most on this episode that I find this work fascinating, and this work is by David Data, um, is what shuts down intimacy in relationships. What actually is kind of like the triggers that shut, you know, females and males down into intimacy. So we're going to talk about the three feminine use, which I also love the way it's completely synthesized. So it's really easy to, you know, play with it. Okay. So 
the three feminine yous are not feeling unseen, number one. Number two, not a feeling not understood. And number three, feeling unsafe. So that's why the three yous, unseen, not understood, and unsafe. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into those in a moment. The masculine sees what kills intimacy or shuts down intimacy in males. So these are the masculine three C's. Feeling criticized, feeling closed, and feeling controlled. Okay. And I remember I went to this uh, Tony Robbins workshop called The Date with Destiny. I went in December 2019, right before the pandemic. And we're exploring also David Data's work. And it's quite interesting because Tony said, like, everybody, could you please stand up? Especially women, huh? He said, women, please stand up and males, please keep on sitting down. And then he started playing music, kind of like this playful pop, kind of like 90s music, no? And, you know, all the ladies were dancing, kind of like enjoying and feeling playful, no? And then eventually they shut down the music and they asked several guys from the audience, like, what did you feel? What did you see? How did you experience this situation? And many of them said like, oh my God, it was super sexy. Like they were all playful and, you know, playing and enjoying. And, you know, it was kind of like a really kind of like turned on moments, no? which was quite interesting. Then Tony says like, well, now everybody, please sit down. And I'm going to ask, you know, guys, males to stand up. So then the guys stand up and he starts playing in these huge screens. But imagine this kind of like convention center with 6,000 people, not maybe between 2,000 and 4,000 guys standing up <laughs> no, and eventually playing these, I don't know if you remember this movie Braveheart with Mel Gibson and the scene where they're about to start in a fight, no, in, a, in a war and everybody uh, was on top of their horses and Mel Gibson is giving a speech about how important freedom is for humans. So he starts talking about, you know, why they're fighting and, you know, how important freedom is for them. And it's kind of like a before and after, no? And then he starts yelling, Mel Gibson, like, freedom, freedom, no? So then Tony asked the guys to, like, scream and to raise their hands. And imagine seeing, like, <laughs> many, 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 many guys screaming from the top of their lungs, like, freedom, freedom. And then again, freedom you know, putting their fists all the way in the air. And it was kind of like this oh, rise of testosterone all over the place, no? And then Tony asked these guys to sit down and starts asking several women in the audience, like, what did you feel? What was your experience of this? And many people, many women responded that it was like really a turned out situation because, you know, kind of like being connected with that uh, essence, right? That's important for humans. So if we're going to discuss, you know, we have that story and bring it to this uh, lack of intimacy, use and scenes. So what are the solutions for these things? Okay. So for example, the feeling unseen, well, the solution is give her attention. So be there, no? Feeling unseen, feeling not heard. So hear her, see her, you know, give her attention. Number two, the feeling that she's not understood. The solution is give her real presence. Try to put yourself in her shoes, understand her point of view, right? These things just kind of like, oh, you're crazy. I'm not going to discuss this with you. But try to understand what's actually lying behind the emotion, behind the words that's, that person is expressing. No? 
And number three, feeling unsafe or that can't trust. The solution is give her reassurance, reassurance, safety, you know, trust. For the masculine three C's, for number one, feeling criticized, the solution is to admire and appreciate your partner in the things that you do admire and appreciate him or her. Number two, feeling closed. The solution is to be open and be playful, kind of like this um, experience, right, that we had about, you know, females, you know, kind of like being playful and open and, you know, enjoying the situation and the dance that, you know, women were having. And number three, feeling controlled, solution, give freedom, you know, which is such an important concept for uh, humans nowadays, okay? And basing more on our work on David data, um, I would like to dig a little, a little bit deeper into this intimacy essence, okay? So we're going to talk a little bit about the power of polarity and owning your sexual essence, okay? So sexual attraction, spiritual ecstasy, and intimate connection thrives in a relationship where there is a distinct polarity between the energies of the individuals involved. In other words, the more opposed sexual energies between two people are, let's say male versus female energy, the stronger the attraction will be in the relationship. So sexual polarity is the term used for the physical chemistry, kind of like that magnetic pull, that energetic kind of like overwhelming physical response we feel when we with someone with an energy opposite to our own. So if two people have a similar polarity, let's say both are more masculine, then the attraction between them will be diminished. If there is a strong difference, for example, one is extremely feminine and the other um, masculine, then the physical attraction will be ma maximized. And I'm going to, you know, kind of like pause a little bit here because I want to make an important note. Uh, we, we're talking about the forces of male and female energies and their qualities, recognizing that this is not gender-based. We're not talking about females and males, guys or girls. We're talking about masculine and feminine energies that any kind of people could have. And that could be trans, non-binary, um, girls, guys, whatever. Okay, so whatever energy, is whatever energy is dominant is fine. What's most important is to know what your true nature is and to embody it, okay? So we're going to dig a little bit about a summary of some of the core differences between sexual energies, okay? So feminine energy, a core difference that it has that it's trying to fill up. The masculine energy is trying to empty. The feminine energy wants to experience love. The masculine energy wants to experience freedom. The feminine energy makes small things big. The masculine energy make, makes big things small. The feminine energy wants to be understood. The masculine energy wants to be appreciated. The feminine energy wants to be owned. The masculine energy wants freedom. The feminine energy sti is, is stimulated by praise. And the masculine energy is stimulated by challenge. The feminine energy gathers. Masculine energy leaks. Feminine energy is a storm of light. Masculine energy is a storm of peace. Feminine energy hangs on. Masculine energy lets go. Feminine energy remembers. And masculine energy projects. Okay? So I have my book here that I have uh, this uh, important information that I know by heart. But one of the ways depolarization occurs is by doing things that take away from the other person's sexual essence. 
So for example, if a woman questions a masculine man's direction, whether because he's lost while driving or is flailing with his direction in life, it will create an instant collapse in the polarity. Similarly, if a feminine person is criticized for looking run down and worn or worn out, this makes her feel radiant and unloved, and then she might start to shut down. We're talking about this feminine energy that's you know really connected with the appraisal, okay? So I, as David Data says, never tell a man with a masculine sexual essence that he's wrong, and never tell a woman with a feminine sexual essence that she's ugly. That's quoting David Data, okay? So the masculine man needs to learn to embrace the feminine force of light, no matter how wild and destructive it becomes. The feminine woman needs to not shrink when faced with the strong, powerful presence of her man. We must learn to trust the wisdom of the masculine and its ability to act clearly in spite of emotions and to embrace the wisdom of the feminine and its inherent intuition on love and focus, okay? So below is a more in-depth look at what drives the feminine versus the masculine energy, okay? So talking about physical characteristics, physical characteristics and energy, feminine energy is open, free, flowing, full of life energy, sometimes more nurturing, sometimes more wild and free, grounded in the earth, okay? So the physical characteristics and energy of masculine energy, their strong physical presence, centeredness, rigidity, and a feeling of unwavering purpose and strength. It is directed towards the sky. The primary driving force of feminine energy is moved primarily by emotions in an intimate relationship. The feminine force is about opening to love and giving love. Feminine is a force of light, which is Shakti, and the masculine knows more about death, which is Shiva. The masculine essence is primarily driven by direction in life or by a life mission. Okay? What happens with goals? Feminine energy is based on attraction and enchantment, drawing others in through opening of the heart to beauty and to love. And the feminine wants to fill up with love, energy, and attention. The masculine energy seeks release from the burdens of life and relationship from the constraints of life. The masculine strives to break free to ultimate ecstasy and freedom. They want to be empty and to let go. And then the last two things, desires and challenges. Desire to be noticed and attractive and receive praise is from the feminine energy. Lives in a world of sensation, the body connection to the flow of elements and the natural forces. It's kind of like addicted to ways of fulfilling her essence of emptiness and wants to feel understood. Masculine energy in its desires responds to challenge, comes alive at the age and when challenged, loves competition to test themselves and break through barriers, wants to possess, addicted to emptying himself and release himself into the void, wants to feel appreciated. And the last one, the challenges. Feminine energy challenges hangs on to everything, often stays too long, hears primarily mood and tone of the emotions. And the masculine energy, its challenges, it finds it easy to go and leave, often leaves way too soon, and speaks words versus emotion. So I love the work of David Data, and I think it's fascinating to dig deep. He has several books. Um, one of the books is Finding God Through Sex. Another one is Intimate Connection. Another one that I like a lot is uh, The Way of the Superior Man. So his work is based on uh, polarity, sexuality, intimacy between couples and uh, spirituality. So it's a fascinating author, I must say. And on our next episode, I'm going to talk about uh, a short story that I love. 
that exemplifies really well relationships. It's a short story. Uh, you can read it really fast, super simple, but it gives so much wisdom and insight that you get kind of like the point of another point of view or another way of seeing relationships. So stay tuned for our next episode because we're going to discover that author of that book with a lot of love. You want.